Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. He's self-made. What a clown. Fraud. Always has been. Always will be. Quick the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, oh, stop it. <laughs> is that your solution? Every pull. No, no, sit down. Oh, you're a clown. Sit down. Okay. You know, you're okay. a United States senator. Sit down. Oh, okay. okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Mr. Hold Sen- it. Hold it. If Hold we can't, no, I have the mic. Said. I'm sorry. This is Hold what it. he said. You'll have your time. Okay. Can I respond? Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> this is a hearing. And God knows the American people have enough of contempt for Congress. Let's not I don't make like it worse. Thugs and you, you have, and that's you have I don't like you because you just described yourself. Hold it. You have the mic. You have time. <laughs> that was an exchange in the U.S. Congress the other day, Steph, with uh, Bernie Sanders chiming in. A senator from Oklahoma, his former MMA fighter and uh, head of the Teamsters, who were throwing down or, or about did. Stand your butt up. <laughs> that sounds like a bunch of middle school kids, honestly. That's the most excited I've heard Bernie Sanders in a hot minute. You know, almost woke him up. <laughs> you know, I don't agree with Bernie Sanders too often, but when he says... God only knows American people have enough contempt for Congress already. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Amen, Bernie. Hey, this is a wake up, Missouri. I hope you're well on a rainy <laughs> Missouri morning here on a Monday and Thanksgiving week. I'm Steve Spellman filling in the hot seat here with Stephanie Bell. Good morning, Mr. John Marsh is with us. Yes, sir. And Miss Hannah, the producer. Hello. How you doing? Yeah. Well, it's good to be with you. Uh, we got a good amount of stuff going on. It is Thanksgiving week. We're trying to be thankful. We'll try to stay positive. It's tough these days. Uh, but uh, we've got a good number of things going on. Um, well, we're well, thankful that Congress is at home for a bit. Maybe they'll cool down, right? Yeah, maybe. No no throwing down <laughs> in the, in the uh, U.S. Capitol there, uh, you know, yeah, kind of puffing out their chest there. Uh, they had some words on social media. Kind of an example of social media actually bleeding over into animosity in real life. Yes. Damn kids these days, I <laughs> yeah, tell you. Yeah, well, you know, it is uh, uh, President Biden's birthday today as well. All of uh, 81. Wow. Uh, we might oh. have a little, uh, little stuff about that <laughs> later. Uh, his uh, disapproval ratings on Fox News is popping up. 63% disapproval. What Ouch. a birthday gift yeah. to the American people. Yeah. He's not worried about that. He's going to get an ice cream cone today. Well, that, that could very, that could very Chocolate well Chocolate chip. Yeah. <laughs> Put his yeah. birthday candles in it. We got Mr. Brian Houseworth in the house as well. It's good to see him. I do remember uh, Steve. Thank you and a good job hosting. Um, I thought some really good interviews. By the way, Friday. On don't, the- no, you don't speak too soon, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought so. But <laughs> three uh, minutes but, in, and you're doing great. Yeah, you do. You're doing fine. I do remember uh, then Vice President Biden coming to Jefferson City. Um, one time, I definitely remember him going, and John will remember this. It was, I still call it Westinghouse. It was actually ABB at the time, now Hitachi. Stand up, Chuck. <laughs> yeah, and I remember, that was it. That was at Memorial Park, I believe. Um, but yeah, he's he definitely. I he's very very possibly has been through Columbia over the years. But I know two times for sure, two different times, uh, the former vice president now the president joe biden has been to jefferson city for sure 
Yeah. Bless his heart. Yeah. Fox News just splashed up with stuff we were seeing uh, in 1942 when Joe Biden was born on this 1942. day. 1942. Yeah, it's quite a while ago. Oh. World War II was occurring. I was just watching uh, episodes of The Pacific. It's on Netflix these oh, days. Oh, that's a good one, actually. Uh, it's just, it's yeah. a bloody mess, but it's old. <laughs> I think ago. gas was 20 cents a gallon. Yeah, Bing Crosby was a popular uh, musician. <laughs> Much before the Swifty uh, uh, trend, and Big so Crosby was huge, huge at that time. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, it, eighty-one years ago, my friend. Yes, <laughs> but uh, that's the deal. Um, got Bob Hope would have been around. Yeah, uh, so we got big. geriatric people running our country. <laughs> uh, Bernie Sanders, we mentioned earlier, he's no spring chicken either. He just keeps going. We've got other people standing up there that like they blank out. Uh, Miss Feinstein, we uh, sorry about her passing, but very cruel even to just keep her up there when she obviously was elderly and frail and and should have retired and that's just i don't know sad sad situation but uh we'll we'll see what turns out uh this looks like in the in the background uh, mr biden is getting kind of under undercut by some people in his party and the gavin newsom thing this sinister person from the left coast who looks like loki doesn't he does he look like loki (laughs) (laughs) actually yes yeah, I think so. Weirdly you, enough. You paste some horns on him and, uh, you know, put him in a, a... He has a fancy suit, even. Uh, he has the the face like a joker and so forth, because he is. But uh, we'll, we'll see what occurs there. But, uh, well, Brian, what's a big football win uh, over the weekend? You know, it was huge. Uh, you take a look at the top 15, the top 20, and uh, you had some, t- some teams, obviously, that barely won. You had some upsets uh, throughout the day. Auburn was upset by New Mexico State. That was big because Jerry Kill, um, who built the dynasty at Webb City, Missouri, very similar to what uh, Pete Atkins did in Jeff City. I'd compare those two programs over the years in terms of championships. Um, He did that. But in terms of the game Saturday uh, night at Furrow Field in Columbia, Mizzou had a legitimate shot to lose that game. It was fourth, (laughs) fourth and 17. I mean, they basically had a minute and a half to go. The drive wasn't going very well, and Brady Cook ends up throwing a a big pass to Luther Burden, gets a first down. They get another pass to Weiss, and uh, it was chippy down there for sure, and then Mevis hits the kick. But give a lot of credit to the Mizzou players. They are now 9-2, and 5-2 and two in the SEC at Arkansas on Friday. And, um, you know, as I said on the Tiger Network Saturday night on, on the broadcast, uh, the network uh, on, on all over the state, you know, they're looking at a don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. They barely won, but they are looking at a New Year's Six Bowl. They're looking potentially at the Cotton Bowl. They could be looking at the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. I don't know if people realize how big that is. That is that is huge. They easily could be 10-1. and one. They had LSU beat. Mm. Um, Arkansas will not be an easy game. Arkansas is a very good football team. Don't even consider their record. They're very good. They've got a great quarterback. And um, and we'll see what happens. Basketball yeah. last night, huge, huge disappointment. That Ouch. that's that's a that's a bad defeat. There's no way to spin that. That's and I, I have nothing but respect for Coach Gates and the team, but that's just that was not a good performance. Yeah, but fo- did uh, did Coach Gates really say in the after game press conference that that was the best zero and five team in the country? Did he really say that, or was that a Twitter troll? <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't hear it. Uh, I didn't hear that. But you know, they were Jackson State. Obviously, played played very. I mean, to come in, they were zero and five, and to come in and beat a SEC team on their own court is a pretty big so deal. Underperforming on the basketball yeah. court, but football, but football is riding high. And yes, I, huge. I mean, uh, yeah, it 
this is it attracts attention for uh mizzou and men missouri at large it gets attention going i had a conversation with president Choi, mm-hmm. another venue some weeks ago and um you know when when sports teams especially football is doing really really well students are interested in 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 coming here from around the country staff and so forth as well so. well they had that kid who was committed to colorado who flipped and then committed to mizzou just over the weekend yeah and in mm-hmm. those things happen and then but you're both right in in by the way, Eli Drinkwitz Friday night before the game was seen. I saw a TV reporter take a picture of him at the Nixon Rockhurst game, so he was he was recruiting. Um, but to Stephanie and to your point, the exposure uh, on ESPN. Although I did see some people on Twitter thought Tessator and, and Palmer were slanted towards towards Florida. I, I don't I don't buy that. I, I I you know I I think I've watched those guys pretty frequently every Saturday. I thought they you know. Jesse Palmer played at Florida, so he may have, you know, he has a little feeling there. But I mean, overall, I th- I've listened mainly to the radio, but the um, the exposure in ESPN showed the other night on TV Shakespeare's, and it was on at least once. I may have seen it twice, and you can't buy that kind of exposure for downtown Columbia. You, if they had to purchase a thirty second ad, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. to put that out, I, I hate to think what the cost would be, but yet it was it's free publicity in that just and then they showed the columns i mean it's it's great exposure they're going to be on cbs not cbs sports network cbs regular tv on on friday at three o'clock i mean that's three weeks in a row huge huge coverage and the expand and hopefully they'll win but it won't be easy yeah exposure good exposure for the university uh for mid-missouri and really our state at large because you have missouri on there that's right and one thing that gets maybe doesn't get talked about or defined is the morale that that this helps i mean people have got that you know track uh, tiger sports and so forth i mean you got a winning team a big win over the weekend people have a little more of a skip in their step Mm -hmm. and you know it makes people happy and you know to be part of something that's successful people like being part of something successful people don't like mediocrity people don't like losing that's what trump talked about yeah we're gonna be game and arrowhead tonight well, yeah. that'll be huge. That'll be huge. Family reunion, I think the Kelsey brothers are oh, calling it. Oh, that's Jalen Hurts coming to town too. Two great quarterbacks, Mahomes um, and, and Hurts. But you're right about people wanting excitement, and they're excited about the football team. And uh, and and we will see what happens. But you got to take care of business first and win the game on Friday. That is that is huge. Um, and you know, congratulations yeah. to the team because that was not an easy, even with their backup quarterback of Florida who could probably start for most teams. I mean, his running was pretty darn good. Um, you got to give the Gators a lot of credit. They, yeah. they really played hard. And you're going to compare the, the sports wins and so forth. This, this is a merit-based uh, activity. People who win and achieve, uh, you know, they're, they're the ones that, that come out on top. The political thing, you look at them, and it's like there's not winners in place. I mean, they want to, may have won an election, but they are not winners in life. I mean, they're people who are not the best people. And in the sports world, you got to have the best people on the field. You got to have the best coaches. You got to have the best support. You got great fans, and you're going to have a winner. In the political realm, it's it's discouraging because that in the deal, you turn on the news, it's like these are not winning people. They are not. And we, you know, I often wonder, and we have this: which came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> Is it the fact that politics, like? 
recruits weirdos or you know or is there something about like people who are innately drawn to like that are bad people that are innately drawn to politics like how or or do you get elected and then you're corrupted by power or the ego or something else i i don't know both but it seems like but it seems like we have an overabundance of bad guys and gals uh that that are in politics yeah there's a good story internationally that we might uh uh catch up with later as well um you know uh later on in the program i think we've got a little break here in a little bit so uh, we got to get some good folks uh senator or excuse me uh uh congressman uh, mark alford uh is going to be with us in the seven o'clock hour and then uh, jane williams from love columbia at eight and then at eight thirty, alan schrock my friend who's a uh, industrial technology instructor talking about the need for shop teachers and blue collar workers that should be good stuff hey i'm steve spellman this is wake up mid missouri do stay tuned This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Ever we want, Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Happy birthday, Mr. Biden. <laughs> Happy birthday to you many more we wish mr oh, biden oh wow steve spellman we, with the soprano we we yeah. miss we, we wish mr biden quite well in retirement soon uh we wish he and his family uh all the best in retirement uh yeah bless you but please please go somewhere else but uh it is happy birthday biden he's 81 today steph uh, what's going on with the dc Daily DC Rundown. Yeah, we are um, also mourning the loss of Rosalind Carter, wife of President Jimmy Carter. Uh, She died Sunday afternoon in her home. She was 96. And I liked her nickname apparently was Steel Magnolia because she came off, you know, I guess as, you know, so kind of sweet, but was really kind of hard line and and an activist, actually. So I have enjoyed kind of hearing some recaps about her. Um, over the last couple of days. Um, all right, Trump is uh, chalking up a couple of wins. Uh, Congress is going home. Their work is done, right? Good. So they're taking a break, yeah. Uh, but Trump is chalking up a couple of wins. You know, he's been challenged on the ballot, on the primary ballot, and Democrats are targeting him in various states, saying under um, a constitutional provision, he should not be allowed to appear on the ballot. A Colorado judge actually said he did engage in an insurrection, but the constitutional provision doesn't apply. Uh, the 14th Amendment basically doesn't apply to the president is how she got there um, and said he can appear on the Colorado ballot. I saw I have some friends who are involved in that litigation. They were very excited. Um, but of course, he's also won this same argument in Minnesota, Michigan and New Hampshire lately. So he's he you know, they are fighting him and they're thinking the only way we can stop the Trump train is if we can just keep this guy's name off the ballot. And he's got an army of lawyers that are helping him uh, to make sure that he stays on the ballot. So that that's a big deal. Uh, he's also uh, chalked up a win this weekend. He got the endorsement of Governor Greg Abbott. Now, you think endorsements matter, Steve? Oh, they can, yeah. I think from Greg from Texas's governor, yeah, I think probably, it does. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Greg Abbott came out and said, "Yep, I'm all in for Trump." And so I think it was a pretty good weekend for Trump. He's still, of course, battling his normal uh, legal woes. Um, we've also got a new president in uh, Argentina, absolutely, and that is Javier Malay. Yes, he's actually a libertarian, right? Yeah, and then the mainstream press is saying radical libertarian. He's going <laughs> to take a chainsaw to the budget. <laughs> he's got the Twitter some- libertarians are. <laughs> Thrilled. 
They're through the roof ecstatic. They, they are. are throwing a party. He's got some crazy hair. He kind of looks <laughs> like, whenever he's on stage, he kind of looks like a rock star. He's jumping around. He's yeah. got props. He's like, you know, really energetic. But like, you should really, Twitter is really helpful. They've got a bunch of um, interviews, some clips. And yeah. actually, you know, if you listen to what he says, incredible. I think it's it's going to be a complete turnaround. And they've had such, they've struggled so immensely. What's their inflation at? Steve? Yeah, Tucker's down there as well. And 150% inflation. You know, we had 10% about last year. 150% is bread was two bucks last year. It's five bucks this year. And at that pace, it'd be $12 next year. It's insane. So, so that is not a, the best thing since sliced bread. It is not. <laughs> no, you can't afford sliced bread there. But yeah, it, came, it became a crisis. They've had a, a one-party rule for like 20, 30 years. It's this left-wing government. It's doubled the size of government. And there's a pushback. And we had the Trump of uh, uh, Brazil with Bolsonaro. Mm-hmm. Now we got got the, the Ron Paul of Argentina kind of going on. And great they need a change i can't i'm i'm not surprised and we saw there are photos of everyone in argentina just out in the streets celebrating but yeah under 150 percent inflation i'm not surprised at all that they voted for change i'm hoping Mm -hmm. you know based on bidenomics and our current level of inflation we vote for change Mm -hmm. coming up in 2024 also um we're still hearing rumors of joe manchin you know he's not going to run for re-election he is flirting with the idea of a separate run Mm -hmm. uh he's making democrats very nervous yeah, but would be fun to have another one uh, in in the hopper. Because uh, who knows what's going to happen with Biden? We wish him well. It's his 81st birthday today. We do. In retirement. So. Yes. Yeah. Hey, this is Wake Up Man, Missouri. Do stay tuned. We'll be back with more. Words do matter when it comes to these guys. Welcome to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Hey everybody, this is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I'm Steve Spell with you on a rainy Monday morning. Filling in on the hot seat here with Stephanie Bell. We got uh, Mr. John Marsh and Miss Hannah the producer. What Han- up? Hannah the producer. Remember Parappa the Rappa? <laughs> is that a 90s video game? What was that? I was going to say, I, d- I do not remember. Oh, that. yeah. You, yeah you Look are. at you going old school hip out, bottom, Steve. I want to say, I want to say, I want to say Hannah the producer. Uh, if it doesn't <laughs> rhyme, I don't know. It just came to mind. Anyway, uh, glad you're with us here. Um, you know, we're talking about the Mizzou sports and the success that they've had. Um, uh, Steph, we were looking up uh, offline that uh, there's been a number of. Uh, expansions of the football stadium uh, mm-hmm. for mizzou over the years really uh, i think accelerated since joining the sec but there's a there's a new one um they're going to basically build a kind of entertainment zone uh back behind the big m facing stadium boulevard and kind of a uh indoor entertainment dining type thing uh, it sounds a little like the st louis cardinals have across the street from their thing oh like uh, ballpark village yeah that would be cool. I mean, not exactly like that, but that sort of deal. Um, it's kind of a trend in, you know, sports venues and so forth, and uh, they're going to do so as well. Yeah, I think anything that we can do to draw more people down and kind of make a day of it. Um, I saw a tweet, you know, kind of looking at the history, and starting in 2012, they regraded the hill, they did the North Concourse, 2013, they did the East Column Clubs, the Upper Deck, 1819, the South End Zone, and then they put in a new indoor facility this last 
year. So, you know, I think they're making improvements. And certainly when we're talking about recruitment, obviously, if you have really nice facilities, but you lose, um, that's not going to help you a whole lot. But, you know, I think as families are taking tours, you're competing with all the other SEC schools. So on top of winning, you need good facilities and you need, you know, we've got the NIL legislation. So I think we're on the right track. Tracks, ticket sales and donations and all that stuff, too. Um, a, a little earlier, uh, younger students here, um, seeing the Wall Street Journal from uh, late last week, that uh, kids aren't going to class, so schools are getting more aggressive. So basically, kids were uh, online school during COVID for extended periods, depending on what district a uh, person was in, and kids got used to not being at school. And now they're like, I don't really want to go to school. And there's some parents who are like, you know, we're going to go on vacation, and we'll just take them out of school for a week or so. And it's, you know, less <laughs> frowned upon. And some kids are like, I don't want to go. And parents are like, why? I mean, well, I'm, you weren't getting much when you were doing online school, so, you know, whatever. I'm not going to argue with you. And it's like, what? what is going on? I'm laughing because what? Stephanie has talked about this before. <laughs> I do it. I take my kids out and go, I don't plan around spring break. I just, I mean, we missed three months. So, like, I, we'll, we'll go on vacation whenever. We try to do something educational sometimes when we're on vacation. Um, but, so, you know, time with your family is more important than worksheets. It's true. Um, and so I, I will agree with you on that point. So it, administrators are like, we need people in school all the time, all the time. It's like, you know, the truancy type things and they're not interested in school. School is boring, by the way, for the most part. Yep. They make school boring. I was, my, my youngest daughter is watching Dead Poet Society with Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. We can't expect every teacher to be that entertaining I like history, but I didn't like history class. You know, names and dates and the king of such and such had this battle in 1860. Like, boring. That's what Google's for these days, Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Khan Academy or the Crash Course YouTube channel. That's really engaging. Why don't they just play that in school? Some like some charter schools have that kind of oh. thing. And we have, uh, I know with my sister, they did, um, the they she taught for a long time in Nashville and they kind of had a learning lab. So there was, you know, instruction, but there was also a time for kids to kind of engage with more, you know, technology, I guess. Um, And it worked really well for them. And their lessons were very engaging, I would say. And their scores reflected that. So, you know, maybe if we could get somewhere toward educational freedom and choice, we would have uh, better outcomes. Um, I will say the Missouri Supreme Court last year, if you recall, uh, ruled that parents can be jailed for unexcused absence of yeah. their children. Yeah, and yeah. The case in Lebanon, Missouri. Yeah, yeah and I talked to friends in um, in Europe. They, I, mm. we travel a lot, and yep. they never bring their significant other. And I'm, I say, well, why? You know, where, where's your wife or your husband? And they say, well, somebody has to stay back because the kids are in school. And I thought, huh? You know? And they said, well, we are literally uh, fined after i think it's two or three days in some countries and it, the fine it gets escalated and they say we can't afford to pull our kids no, out no, so we have to be at home you yeah, know in germany homeschooling is basically illegal but uh, john you were saying you're about to say something yeah well the angle i think is for a lot of parents got a lot more savvy during the during the pandemic as to you know opportunities and online things out there for the kids and i think a lot of folks who didn't you know weigh in or have that much to say about it then do now yeah and you know legacy authoritarian well authoritarians are strong bureaucratic organizations are like well 
uh, it, taking uh, the way that uh, this this story was talking to him about from the, in the Wall Street Journal last week, basically going door to door with uh, either uh, uh, you know teachers or the superintendent of the L.A. Uh, public school districts chipping in. They're hiring contractors. Uh, Baltimore is paying about eighteen nineteen million dollars to a concentric educational solutions to basically recruit kids to go back to school. Um, but we've got other models of, of learning um, that are more engaging and actually where learning occurs. Learning is not occurring um, as much as it, as it used to be. Um, you see test scores nationally, like, um, you know, kids are scoring, you know, like 40% on in, in math and, and reading overall. Uh, in fact, uh, let's see here. There's, uh, I had a number here before, but basically test scores have sagged, and it's a long-term thing. It Part of it's COVID, part of it's not, and some scores are lower nationally than they've ever been since uh, going back to the 90s. Um, so learning's not occurring. Kids are like, I'm not interested. I'd rather stay in bed. I'd rather be on TikTok. Um, and, you know, what's the culture going to do to stop them? It's, it's rough. And I think the other thing we kind of learned in COVID, too, was – Dude, they really need to be at school for seven to eight hours. Um, and so how much, you know, you get yeah. back to, I, I mean, I love my school district. My kids are learning every day and they, you know, they come home doing long division and I'm like, how old are you again? Yikes. I'm, they're getting to a place where I'm going to have trouble <laughs> helping them with their math homework. So, uh, you know, I, but, but that's not the case everywhere. And certainly I wonder how many hours of that day are we actually sitting down doing a hard lesson versus yeah. something else? And during COVID, for example, you know, they we'd log in for an hour. There'd be like an hour's worth of work. And then they'd be like, all right, you got the rest of your day free. And I think kids yeah. kind of liked that. I was talking to a, a young couple at uh, church in the lobby uh, just yesterday morning. And um, fine American couple, good people, healthy kids. They love their kids, hardworking people, honest as the day is long. They're a homeschool family, a new child, but they got a first grader, and they're doing the whole thing. And it doesn't take too long for a homeschool family to get a daily instruction equivalent that you do in, in a, any in institutional type school. I mean, it, you know, many ho- new homeschool uh, families are like, "Well, we did two or three hours of work, and like, we're done for the day. Like, do we miss something? No, you actually focused on the learning. You go to a, a any kind of school. I remember it as a kid." There's going between classes. There's, okay, everybody settle down. Okay, we're going over this. And it's like, out of an hour, how much instruction is actually occurring? And you concentrate that with the love and care of a parent who's going to care for their kid more than anybody in the world. And you're going to have effective learning going on. And so not in a, some households. Yeah. I also learned during COVID that I am not a teacher. It's not for everybody. <laughs> it's not for me. You don't have the patience to teach, Stephanie? Oh, what? I'm not good. I think more parents can homeschool than they think they can. It's not for everybody, that's for sure. And I think it's, you know, sometimes the collectivist uh, uh, statements where everybody needs to go to a school, this type of school. No, they don't. Uh, they could go to a religious school. They could go to a, a private school. They could go to a co-op. They could homeschool. It could be a hybrid type thing. Homeschool for a couple hours a day. Uh, work study when they get to be middle school, high school. Uh, some of the career center things are rediscovering this. If, if learning isn't occurring in the system we've got, maybe we need to shift the system to new realities. Well, and do, should we really be focused on whether or not you can do, you know, long division or whether you are a, mm-hmm. can be an independent citizen in your own community. I, yeah. you know, I've seen high school kids who 
don't know how to mail a letter or pay a bill through the mail uh-huh. or and that that's sad and so are, you know are we focused on the wrong things and i think at home you get a lot more practical education how to cook how to use the mail some history and real life history and so you know i'm jealous when i see i have lots of friends who homeschool and you know go to the actual historical site learn mm-hmm. you know and i think um those are some of the real world experiences and real life lessons mm-hmm. that people are missing out on in traditional instruction and that we'd yeah. probably all be benefited by. Yeah, go ahead. Well, Travis texted us with a great point, 573-874-9390. He said, I think that kids being at school for eight hours is helping them get used to being at work for eight hours. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is that the problem? You know, well, I don't want to get too radical here. <laughs> oh, I think Uh-oh. a lot of workplaces are moving away from the eight-hour Workday, right. and there are some who are still there. And obviously, if you're in, you know, food service or someplace where you're customer facing, you you have to cover certain shifts. And I get that. But as far as office work, I think a lot of employers are getting to a place of get the work done. If if your work's done and it's you know six hours, go home. Like as long as the work's getting done, you know, there are some days that I'm going to need ten hours from you. Mm-hmm. And there are some days that you're going to be done at six, and I, I really don't care how you, as long as the work's getting done. And I think a lot of people are getting there. Yeah. Do we want to institutionalize our children and our and our elders? And uh, it's, it's a, a larger issue, I guess. But you know, again, kids don't want to go back to school, and, and you know, in Missouri in particular, part of the state appropriation is based on attendance, and and attendance by the way is missing less than one day it's 90 percent attendance so it's missing less than one day every two weeks oh yeah um, look at all the emphasis put on snow days right making them up and all that kind of stuff <laughs> right. oh man i feel so bad for kids in school nowadays because you know online education basically canceled snow days because a lot of school okay. districts if they you know cancel in-person instruction they just still have class, but it's over the computer, and I think that is such a bummer for kids. Yeah, yeah. and for the sled manufacturers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, very good. So uh, let's see. We've got a uh, break coming up here in a little bit. Um, one other thing, if we've got a minute, uh, you may have seen uh, this on the Missouri Times a uh, press release that came out about uh, cannabis workers being unionized. This is a trend, I guess. Uh, we'll probably cover that in a little bit as well. As uh, some other things, we've got uh, Congressman Mark Alford coming up at 7.30 and some other guests during the 8 o'clock hour. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Do stay tuned. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Their words are their responsibility. What you think, that's on you. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I will be in the stands tomorrow. I'm a stands girl. I love sitting in the stands, cheering with the fans, even if it's in an opposing team's stadium. Um, Travis has a lot of people who come to games, appropriately so. Everyone loves to support him. Um, but it means that it's it's a tight squeeze in there. So... Um Kylie Kelsey, she was being, she was in Kansas City doing some sort of uh, field hockey training, kind of spending time with her little kids. Yeah, it was so sweet. And they, they, but they were asking her about Taylor Swift and whether she'd be in the family suite. I'm gonna play the the old guy. Who, who's that? That is Jason. Taylor Swift. 
Is that who you're asking about? No, the, the Kylie, whoever. Kylie Kelsey is Jason Kelsey, uh, Travis Kelsey's brother, who plays for the Eagles. It's his wife. Um, uh, she's currently married to the sexiest man alive, apparently. Oh, well. He what? just... Yeah, oh. Jason Kelsey got named Sexiest Man no. Alive. No, he did not. Yes, he did. By somebody. He by was, something. He was, no. wasn't it? Magazine? No, no, no. Did I get that wrong? I'm looking this looking up. Looking at the Google machine. Um, over and there. they asked her about it, and she's like, I've known that for my whole life, <laughs> and so, which was really sweet. And then she said, also, to me, he's just the guy who's like still on kid duty, and he still puts the kids to bed, and like, you know, we're, we're in a different era than. Patrick Dempsey was this year's Sexiest no. Man Alive. Can one of the the Tiger football guys like get a really popular girlfriend, and we'll have a similar <laughs> effect that the Chiefs have? Yeah, there we go. It's an idea. I don't know though; they're already selling games out. Yes, he was no, people's we don't need that yet. sexiest man alive. <laughs> what? Yeah, for, for this year, people's twenty twenty three sexiest men of the year. Subjective men of the year. So he was a finalist. No, he was the man. No, no, Stephanie. Yes. I, no. So okay. is judged by <laughs> John, se- I need you to weigh in on this. You know, I think maybe by the NFL Centers Association. <laughs> he was their uh, sexiest man of the year. <laughs> in the- okay, one of the sexiest. There, men of, see, I think. there you go. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my goodness. Patrick Dempsey, McDreamy from uh, Grey's Anatomy was the was the winner. Numero uno. This is the hard-hitting news that our wake-up family members want to listen to on a hey, Monday you know, morning. He mix it up, you know. Hey, I'm shocked he even made the list, but he, I mean, he, like, Travis, I can see making the list. Jason, though, I don't I was listening to their podcast. It's called New Heights. Um, huh. And they were joking that they needed a diversity <laughs> entry. Because, <laughs> you know, Jason's on the fluffier side. And they were, you know, laughing around and joking that... Jason Kelsey was the token People Magazine's like token diversity pick. Big guy. Yeah. The king size uh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I mean, he's an NFL center. He's got to be. Oh. Yeah. Well, it goes with the territory, doesn't it? Be like yeah. 300 pounds. But yeah. there's been all this Taylor Swift drama. Apparently, there was a fan who passed away in Argentina. It's been super hot. Um, and they had trouble. I guess the stadium wasn't allowing water, and Taylor wrote this really sweet note about how devastated she was. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was even, they, people were kind of monitoring her and the way she was breathing, and she was really red. And so they've mm-hmm. had a lot. She's, right. she's been through now a lot. She's not going to be at Arrowhead tonight. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Is she? No. Oh. She said she's not going to be there because they delayed yeah. the concert one night in, in South mm-hmm. America. Duty calls. Yeah. So. Well, that'll be sad for KC Chiefs fans. Yeah, it's not good. People were TK, being... TK doesn't play up to speed when <laughs> the honey's not in the box. <laughs> <laughs> the heart grows fonder or something. That, you know. Well, a lot of fans will be, you know, their head was usually looking back at the press box like, oh, I guess we'll just look at the game. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, they won't have to do the split screen. I guess that's a that's an incentive, right? <laughs> yeah, but... Uh... Yeah, well, you know, life goes on. We were, uh, uh, I don't know, do you have any more on that? Nope. Okay. We, we said... Uh, <laughs> I mean, we could talk about Taylor Swift for three hours if you want, we, Steve. We probably we could. could. You want to talk about pot? Yes. Okay, I'm going to tease a story about uh, the United Food and Commercial Workers, uh, Local 655, which most listeners have no idea what that is, but... It's a union of, uh, well, food and commercial workers. There is a, a movement with a, a dispensary employees in Missouri, where it's uh, the uh, marijuana retail places. 
Um, this, this has got so many uh, little little uh, things in it. it. Says uh, this is a news release that was posted on the Missouri Times just this morning. Uh, it says just weeks after a historic settlement with uh, some terminated employees, there is a new initiative to get uh, cannabis workers unionized. It's called Rolling with the USCW. <laughs> they're organizing campaign. Ten with, out of ten. They're organizing a campaign within a joint effort with <laughs> cannabis workers. You can't make it up. I've heard this is happening in Colombia and other places as well. That uh, you know they got a marijuana dispensary cartel. Uh, this bill is passed, but uh, you know that's.